God speaks to us in various ways. One way is by the Holy Spirit speaking a thought directly to our mind. I can give you many examples of this. I'll give you one from the year 2018. I fell at my house in Texas. I was very badly injured. I fell on a tile floor, and I knew or thought I had broken my left hip, which had been broken before. And my left wrist was very badly dislocated, bent totally back toward the arm. I was lying on the floor, and I managed to turn to my right side to get off the broken hip. And I started trying to crawl to a telephone to call for help. I was about six feet away from the telephone, and I fell on a tile floor, and the telephone was in the area where carpet was. So I started to try to inch my way while lying on my right side. But the pain was just horrible. It was so bad that I just almost passed out each time I tried to go even one inch toward the telephone. I was lying there thinking about what I would do and what would happen to me. I lived alone. I had no medical alert with anyone. No one was due to come to my house for a week. I would be lying there on that floor for one week if I could not get to a telephone. I think I would have died on that floor. I was probably 80 at the time. I tried again, but the pain was awful. And then I heard a word from God that changed everything. By the Holy Spirit, this thought came to my mind, and I'd had so much experience with God and hearing from God, I knew immediately this was God speaking to me. And he said, you can do this. That changed everything. It took me four and a half hours, but I did get to the phone. Hearing from God and believing it's God is everything. At that same time, the ambulance workers, when they came, they put me on a gurney, rolled me past the front door of my house in Texas, And I heard again from God by his spirit, just bringing this to my mind. You'll never see this house again. It didn't bother me. God had another plan for me. By this time in my life, I had heard from God many times. And I'd always seen that he had a better way to go than the way I had been going. So I wasn't afraid. God had another plan for me. I didn't have any idea 
what the plan was. After they took me to the hospital, they operated on me, and then at some point in time, I contacted a realtor to put the house up for sale. One of our church members said to me, I don't see how you can do this. And I said, but I've heard from God. I'll never see that house again. She didn't believe I did believe. It's not unusual to find someone in your church group who doesn't believe the word when you tell them what you've heard. Cling to the word that you believe to be from God. I've really never heard anybody at a church teach about the works of the Holy Spirit and the things that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would do for the believer. But God taught me these things, and I began living by these scriptures. In running my business, I always lived by these scriptures. In John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus tells us two things the Holy Spirit does for the believer. Now, at that time, they didn't have the Holy Spirit, but it was after Jesus was taken into heaven that the Holy Spirit came upon them and to live in them and to give them power to be witnesses to Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus told what would happen when the Holy Spirit came. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. He will teach us all things and remind us of everything Jesus has said of dreams, of words from the Bible, of things Jesus has said. And by those things, we know what to do. Now, the word comforter is used in this scripture concerning the Holy Spirit. He is a comforter. I want to share this with you, rather I should say God shows me to share this example with you of being comforted by the Holy Spirit. A woman sent me a birthday card several years ago, and in it she put a note telling me all the things she had been doing with her husband and her daughter and her granddaughter and her grandson and her son and then she told me all the things she had planned to do for Christmas. Well, I had no plans for Christmas. I had no husband. I had no son, no daughter, no grandchildren. I was alone, and I had no plans at all for Christmas. Matter of fact, at the Bridge Center, I played bridge at that time, at the Bridge Center, a woman 
found I had no plans for Thanksgiving. And she felt sorry for me because I had no plans for Thanksgiving. And she said, well, she said, this might not be appealing to you, but I want to invite you to my house. My relatives are coming over for dinner, and I want to invite you and include you if you wish to do that. And I thought about it a minute. I said, Gina, I think I just want to stay home and watch the Cowboys. And she said, oh, I wish I could do that. (laughs) But people just assume that you're going to be in terrible shape if you don't have plans for these holidays and if you don't have, have something to do. Well, that just was not the case. God took care of me. But I might have been a little bit pulled down by Shirley's note in the birthday card where she told all the things she was planning and her husband, her daughter, and her granddaughter when I had none of those things. I might have been pulled down just a little bit if God hadn't spoken to me by his Spirit and the Holy Spirit said to me, You are dead and your life is hid in Christ. When Christ returns, then your life appears. I knew that was Colossians 3. And as soon as I heard that, I said, that's right. I have a life. My life is in Christ. They can't see my life. But I have a life. In Colossians 3, we'll just start reading at verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. See, they can't see our life because their life is of the world. And all the plans of the world and all the plans of these holidays and their children and their husbands. But When we are born again, we are dead. The old is passed away, and we are new creatures in Christ. And now we follow him. But I think I would have been pulled down just a little bit by Shirley's note had it not been for the Holy Spirit telling me this, saying this to me. The Holy Spirit is the Comforter. He's also the Spirit of Truth. The devil is a liar, and there's no truth in him, John 8, 44. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. Now let's look at John 16, verse 13, at two more things the Holy Spirit does for us. We have seen in John 14, 26, he teaches us all 
things. I've always thought this was secular as well as spiritual things. He teaches us all things, and he reminds us of everything Jesus has said. In John 16, 13, we'll see two more things that Jesus says the Holy Spirit will do. John 16, 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that sh shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will guide you into all truth. He will show you things to come. So we have four things Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit in us will do. He will teach us all things. He will remind us of everything that Jesus has said. He will guide us into all truth, and he will show us things to come. One time there was a very bad lightning storm where Pam Paget lives, and all of the high-powered electrical sound equipment was blown out, went out and all the electricity was out, and some things wouldn't come back on. She just got in bed. She just couldn't face it. She just pulled the covers up over her head and said, I cannot face rebooting everything and seeing if anything is damaged. So she had the covers over her head, and she was reminded of trying one thing. So she got up and did it, and it worked. And then she was reminded of another item, and she tried it, and it worked. And then she was reminded of something else, and then something else, and then something else. And when the Holy Spirit finished guiding her into all truth, everything was fixed that could be fixed. One time God said to me, one step at a time, one step at a time, it is enough. Salvation comes when God speaks to us and we hear him and we believe what he has said. In 1975, I was by myself and God spoke to me these words. Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, oh, sins? I thought they were mistakes. With that, I was born again. When we believe God is speaking to us, when he is speaking to us and we believe him, it's just like Abraham. God spoke something to Abraham and told him something to do. And he did it. And that's the example of salvation and faith. Faith comes when we hear from God on a subject. Some people try to have faith without hearing from God. 
They go to church, and they want to have faith. And when something happens, they'll say, God would never let anything happen to me in this situation. They're trying of themselves to believe. When we hear a word from God, and we believe it, first it has to come from God. It's not that we sit there and imagine something or try to hear. It's just we hear. And we know it's God. Look at John 10 for a minute. Verse 26, Jesus said to the people, to the unbelievers, But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. But my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. And in one of these verses, back there at verse 5, I think, listen to what, he, what Jesus said. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him because they know not the voice of strangers, but they hear his voice. There's such a difference between the voice of God and the voice of a devil. That devil will say, you better do this. You better do it now. You better do it now. Driving you, trying to drive you. When I was considering putting new upholstery on my 25-year-old car, I heard a word from God. And I heard it in this tone of voice. Or you could just buy a new car. It was like a lightning bolt struck me. I'd never thought of buying a new car. And then I said, well, you're right. I could buy a new car. I've sold the house in Texas. The money's in the bank. I could pay cash and buy a new car. I just hadn't thought of that being a better way for me. But God was showing me a better way to go. But it was an option with me. I could do either, but the better way was I could buy a new car. And he said it in this tone of voice. Or you could buy a new car. See, it wasn't pushing me and driving me and forcing me. And he wasn't getting me in debt, which I wouldn't have done. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. But if it's going to be overly expensive, above what I can afford to pay for, God showed me that's just not my plan. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. Now, if you want to read other ways that you can know the voice of God, Look at James chapter 3, verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above 
the ideas that come to you that are from God. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And God showed me if something is overly expensive, would cause you to be in debt, would push you and cause you to feel pressure. You don't have my plan. So I just stop and pray again. And I've had times when I had plenty of money to do the project, and yet God did not give me peace about it. So I didn't do it. These things have to fit together. And you need to really take James 3.17 and look closely at it. And just before James 3.17, he says, where there's envying and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. So don't try to settle the matter until you settle the envy or the strife. And you settle envy and strife mainly by turning to God in prayer, you can pray what David prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Let God create it in you, change you. That's Psalm 51.10. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.